Whether you're buying a new car or used one, it's a big investment, which is why you should choose Pennzoil Platinum. It helps extend the life of your engine and protect it up to 15 years or 500,000 miles, whichever comes first, guaranteed. That's because Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas and 99.5% free from engine clogging impurities. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Enrollment required. Keep your receipts. Other conditions apply. See Pennzoil.com warranty for full details. Find it at Firestone Complete Auto Care. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast uh, has been enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. Um, there are a ton of lists, and we are tremendously grateful. Uh, everything from Inc.com to Fit Small Business, MSNBC's Your Business. Um, it's just really been incredible. Uh, and it is gaining recognition as a resource, really, for small business owners, entrepreneurs, sales professionals, because of the guests who come on. These are folks who have expertise in you know, certain areas of business. They give their time. They give their knowledge uh, to all of you so that you can take what you need and do better things in your business than maybe you were doing before. Uh, today is absolutely no exception. Today my guest is Ira Gostin. Ira is an entrepreneur, marketer, communication strategist, and business storyteller who specializes in creating business growth with measurable results for clients. 120 West Strategic Communications combines his marketing passions and entrepreneurial spirit into creating growth and engagement strategies for clients. A former journalist, educator, and corporate executive, Ira created 120 West to help companies realize growth through marketing and public relations. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ira. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Diane. I'm a fan of uh, the podcast and thrilled to be here. Oh, thank you for that. And I am thrilled to have you here. I love this topic that that we are going to be discussing about storytelling. Um, I think it is um, tremendously important, but I also think it makes it easier for people when they embrace this idea. So, but I, but I want to start someplace, um, I will say, maybe earlier or like sort of a higher level question. And I was wondering if you would define um, maybe the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner. Sure. Um, I, I think, you know, first of all, it's not an answer that's going to be put in a box. And the second thing is you're going to ask a hundred people and you're going to get about 102 answers. So uh, to me, uh, an entrepreneur um, is somebody that um, has a different risk profile and a different profit and loss profile than a business owner. Um, a business owner could be somebody that has a family business, 
um, that they've taken over, uh, maybe the next generation's taken over, or maybe it's the founder. And this is something that they've built. They want to hand it down to generations. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of personal attachment. There's a lot of heart and soul. Entrepreneurs tend to not have that. Um, they will take bigger risks. They will gamble a little bit more. Um, and, you know, bootstrapping is okay. Uh, a, a catastrophic loss is a, you know, shake it off, dust yourself off and start the next one. Um, and usually there's an exit strategy. I want to sell it. I want to make a profit. I want to do something afterwards where a business owner, again, and I'm, I'm really generalizing, um, yeah. you know, maybe just wants to run the business, create opportunities. Um, you know, I, I, I know both and they're, they're different kinds of people. So I don't know if that helped or not. Yeah, I think it did. I, I think sometimes, I mean, I, so I go down the road that you go down that, that entrepreneurs are more for me are more um, possibilities thinkers. So they're really thinking about um, creating, even if it, even if it's something that already exists, maybe they have a new spin on it or something where like all people who own businesses are business owners, but not all business owners are entrepreneurs. I agree with that. Okay. Okay. So you say communications is the voice of business success. And I would love to know what you mean by that. I, I think in this day and age, I, you know, I, in the eighties, when I first started in business, um, you know, I think the, the rule of thumb was it took seven brand impressions for a, a brand to get in your head and, and create that knowledge. Um, they're, they're talking now that it's closer to 30. Um, wow. and, and the other number is that we are hit on a daily basis with 5,000 brand impressions. And wow. whether it's audible or visible or um, inferred or direct or indirect. Um, and so for a business to try and get through all that noise, the only thing that most businesses have, and especially small businesses, is their story. And what, what their, you know, that story is, is it's the story about the business and the reasons why and the values. So, you know, the, the companies that really know how to tell their stories well are the ones that realize that success and, and the growth. Okay. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, well, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to figure out the, I mean, I know the story of my business, but I wouldn't be able, I don't even know what, how to even tell that story. Are there certain, this may sound like a strange question, but are, like, are there like tasks that they should master in order to be able to tell their story? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think we're all familiar with the elevator pitch. Um, and, and that's just one piece of the story. Um, you know, a good, a business story is going to have a several components. One is the elevator pitch. Um, before you get to that, you need to come up with your marketing message. And that marketing message is really just what, what, what does your business do? Um, and, what, you know, if you can get why it's unique in there, um, you know, it's, it, it's, but it's something to start with and then really try, you know, to get that elevator pitch and, and, you know, maybe people aren't familiar with exactly what it is. It should be a statement about your business that's less than 30 seconds, 20 seconds is ideal. And the, the whole old story behind it is you get in an elevator with someone and they look at you and go, so what do you do? And you go, uh, uh, well, um, uh, um, uh, I sell widgets. So, you know, and, and so that's that part of the story that you really want to rehearse. You want to spend a little bit of time on it. It's not your slogan. It's not your brand identity. 
it's a way to just tell a bite-sized piece of information about your business that is memorable because you want the recipient of that elevator pitch to remember you in a way that they want, they take some action. They go to your website, they ask for your card, they invite you for beers, whatever it is, they should, it should compel them to take action. Okay, now, so, but what's the marketing message? I mean, I totally get what you're saying about the elevator pitch, and I, and I agree, it's, it's not your marketing message, but how do people figure out what their marketing message is? I think I, this is a place where people really struggle. Yeah, it, it, I, I think the, the really effective way to do it is to schedule time. Um, I am a big fan of getting the whole team together at you know, our business. Um, we, we get everybody together when we want to tweak something. And uh, we, we just recently made um, a little change in some of our things, but we did it as a team and had a conversation about it. And, um, you know, as the owner, CEO, entrepreneur, however, whatever title you have, have somebody else take notes. You need to be present and listening and um, mm -hmm. really letting your team talk. Um, and if your team is only, uh, you know, if you're a solopreneur or it's you and a spouse, um, you know, you've got friends, you've got mentors, you've got people that you respect, get them together and, and get them to, um, and, and we all have pieces of it, but it's, it's, it's stitching it together into a, um, action oriented statement is really what the marketing message is. Um, and once you kind of get that of what do we do, what are we about, then you can start to stitch that story together. And, okay. I, and I use that, that word stitch because it makes so much sense to me because it's, you know, you are building, you're sewing a quilt. You know, you've got a bunch of pieces of fabric that aren't really anything, but then when you put them all together, it becomes something. And if you're a, you're a quilt maker, forgive me, because I've never actually sewn anything <laughs> in my life. But, you know, it is. You're taking components and you're putting them together. And, and I think that the activity of doing that will help anyone actually build their story. But it's not, it's not something that you can do in the car on the hands-free phone driving to work. Uh, you know, it, it needs to be a scheduled kind of event where you're really putting some thought into it. And as it's discussed, the verbal art of storytelling will help you then create mm -hmm. your business story. Okay, that's interesting. So are there components of the story that people should make sure that they're including because you're when you talk about it the thought that comes to my mind is part of the story is about the why you know why did we start this business why do we offer this product or service you know what is it that we're hoping the client will experience or take away or, or whatever. So, so are there certain components that people want to make sure they're including? So, yeah, absolutely. And let's go back to your intro of your podcast at the beginning, because okay. that's fresh for everyone. So you gave a little bit of information about, you know, you gave the name, the name of your podcast tells about it. it. It has part of the story right there. So um, you, you didn't name it Diane's podcast. You named it Accelerate Your Business Growth. So you gave it something that has action, that, that has a description. You talked a little bit about the people that come on the show and, and the world that you talk to. So in your introduction, you told a great deal of information about your story. That's so interesting. Okay. I get that. 
I didn't realize <laughs> I was doing it, but I get it when you say it. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, so nobody's going to, you know, nobody, unless they came in at that one statement that I made a minute ago, nobody's coming in hearing that introduction and thinking this is about quilting. Yeah. <laughs> or they're very bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, um, that's so interesting. I'm thinking about it on, on so many levels and I have to stop. So um, some people listening are uh, people who really like tools. So are there, so I'm going to ask the question, are there tools that you recommend for entrepreneurs to be telling their story? There probably are, and, and you, you said something a little bit ago, and it made me think that I need to create a tool. So um, if I if I probably. am so inspired, I, yeah. I, I love tools, I love systems, I love processes, yeah. and I don't have one for this because hmm. um, it's it has to come, it has to be visceral, it has to come from your gut, yeah. and but ask questions why are we here? Uh, um, I'm a huge fan of SWOT analysis. Um, I got married three and a half years ago. I've been with my wife for, we've been together for over eight years, but um, you know, I kind of did a SWOT analysis on when I got serious about her because it makes sense in my head. She's going to kill me. Um, no and, kidding. <laughs> but it's like, you know, what are we trying to say? So what, what are the, um, you know, to sit and look at the business and, you know, we'll, we'll just make something up right now, a widget co and um, we make widgets. Well, why do we make widgets? Well, we make widgets because my great grandfather started a uh, supplier business um, in his basement, you know, in Massachusetts. And it's been passed through generate, you know, you start answering these questions. What do we do that's different? Well, where other companies are offshoring or they're doing this or they've cut this cost or they've automated everything, we still have customer service and quality assurance and, you know, we do this. And and, and that's kind of the conversation you want to have with a group of why and keep asking why. And well, you could make this in another country and cut the price in half. Why don't you? Well, here's okay. why. And as you do that, and as you as the principal are leading that question asking, somebody else is gonna be writing down those answers you're going to come up with a really cool outline of what makes you unique. I love that process. I th that is great. But see why it's got to be, it's got to be sitting around a table with, with yeah. beverage of choice and no, no titles and everybody just having a conversation. Um, yeah. When I, when I was in, had just gotten out of grad school at 46, I, I, I started a little late on this whole, business side. And I worked for a hundred year old manufacturing company and it had started in San Francisco right after the earthquake. And the, they didn't tell that story. Um, and so that was one of the first things that I did was we, we revived the story and, and really crafted everything about this wasn't an industry leader this was the sector creator. This company created the, the sector that they're in and um, moved it forward and told stories. And, and we were able to get this huge amount of media and we were included in the Inc. 5000. And, but it was all based on the, the introduction was the story. The success was that they built products that they stood behind and were quality. And so that always is important. Whatever you do, you, you still have to do your best, but the introduction is the story. Right. Right. 
I have to say that. So one of the things that I really like about this is, um, and, and I'm going to I'm going to sort of um, fold the uh, elevator pitch into what I'm about to say. I hate this whole concept of elevator pitch because I think people have determined that it means they're supposed to pitch, that they're supposed to right. sell to the person in the elevator, and it's just like ridiculous, right? That, that the thing about storytelling is that it starts a conversation, that it starts building a relationship because it really gets to what they're all about. That, that asking someone, what do you do, is a, just a ridiculous question because they're going to tell you what they do, not what they're about, and or not what the company's about. And one of my favorite things to ask someone when I'm networking is not, what do you do? It's, so tell me your story. Because I want to hear what is important to them. I want to hear what, and I got to tell you, I hear some of the most interesting stories this way. Because they tell you the things that really matter to them about their business. And you get to the passion. You get to the interest and the, and the why and the value and all of those things by starting that sort of a conversation. Listening is the absolute most important tool in sales. And... Um, uh, I, I, I really believe that we, you know, we all sort of know that, but most of us don't mm -hmm. use it very well. Um, yeah. We're short of time. We're in the elevator. We're, you know, but you're, you're absolutely right. It is not. And, and the, the word pitch is probably not the right word, but that's what we yeah. all know it as. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's just an introduction. It's a, it's just a tease of, you know, is this of interest? Now, it's interesting that you talked about that, the asking the question, because I actually, years and years and years ago, heard somebody say that the best elevator pitch is asking a question. Um, yeah. And you start out by saying, well, can I ask you a question? And, and it's really what you were saying is about, you know, tell me about, um, your business, but let's say I make an LED light that will last for 500 years. And, um, you know, you're trying to tell somebody what you do and, and it's going to sound like every other light bulb, but you know, when you can say, Hey, have you ever, let me ask you a question. Have you ever, uh, gone down into your basement and you flip the light on and the light burned out and you're trying to get something and you're in a hurry and, well, what if there was a product that in your lifetime and your children's lifetime would always be there when you flip that switch, mm. it, you know, and it's, it's just create, yeah. and I'm, I'm not hawking. I don't have a light bulb company. I'm not hawking anybody, <laughs> but I'm trying to make up generic examples on the fly. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it's really a, if you can get that person engaged, um, and, and that's really all about how we do PR. It's not PR. It's not outbound. It's engagement. So yeah. that's why the story is so important to us. Exactly. All right. I have to take a quick sponsor break. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. If you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Transform Your Company by Alex Vorobiev and the Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Fields, both of whom have been guests on this podcast. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Ira Gostin about using storytelling to grow your business. So, Ira. To explain to the listeners how the right story helps with sales um, when, you know, when it comes to closing the deal. 
So the, the business story is, in a sense, it is a sales tool, but my recommendation is always separate the two. Um, the story is the story and the sales is a process. And, um, but the story, if it's done right, it will engage that audience. If they're, you know, if they're a um, prospect, um, you know, if, uh, you know, you're a widget manufacturer and you happen to get that elevator with someone that doesn't know manufacturing from a comet, it's not going to help anyways, other than maybe you'll entertain somebody for 20 seconds. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things that happens is we, we get people to our website, but then they're, they're not feeding the funnel. They're, they're not hitting the sales funnel because at some point, whatever got them to the website, that piece fell apart and the story can continue um, with the website. So, you know, when, when I talk to small business owners um, and, you know, I talk to a lot of different kinds of companies, but really the smaller ones, they tend not to put their company information on the website. Well, you're missing an opportunity because, hmm. you know, there's B2B, there's B2C. I like H to H. It's human to human. We are humans and we like to do business with other humans. And so if you go to a supplier in your community and you're looking at their website and there's no story, there's no, this is who owns it. This is the president or the CEO or the, you know, the head guy. There's just nothing there. It could be anywhere you're missing an opportunity to be local um, or be yeah. part of a business community or, you know, and, and, and again, I'm trying to generalize, but every single business is going to be different. Um, I had a, um, I was mentoring some business plan competition students and they had a side business and they they were very good at it. And I said, guys, there's no, bio information. There's no pictures. Nobody knows if this is the three of you here in Reno or, you know, a subsidiary of some company in San Francisco, you know, you, you've got to personalize it. And they're like, well, but we're really young and we, we want to come yeah. across as more experienced. And it's like, but you guys are tech people. And you know, nobody wants to do business with tech people my age because the assumption is <laughs> there's going to be somebody smarter that's, you know, a half my age. Yeah. Use that to your advantage. So there is part of the story. Here's three kids that were coding together and met at a shared space and, you know, shared workspace and were, you know, found out that they all liked beer and they were drinking beer together and they three of them got together and they started this tech business and th that's a great story right they they weren't telling it so um i i kind of got off the question but but really the 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 story is the introduction it's the top of the sales funnel it's how are we creating interest how are we pulling them in to um get more information um, to find out if this person is a, is a prospect. Um, and, and that story is going to um, engage them to take action. Yeah. And I really like what you said about ha having the story on the website. I, I think so many people, I think you're so right. So many small business owners don't do that. And it is such an opportunity to continue to engage with, the prospect and and partners, but but also allow people to determine if they aren't a prospect by going ahead and, and having that information out there, making that human. I love that human to human, age to age. It's absolutely true. People still do business with people, and, and it's people first. You know, the person first, the product or service second, the company third. 
So being able to make that connection, um, whether you sell locally or not, that doesn't necessarily matter. People want to know who they're buying from. Yeah, it's, um, I, I just um, met somebody that had a family business uh, in, in the industrial sector and uh, the next generation is starting to take over and, you know, they're trying to figure out that story to tell. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, where, where that, um, the, the, the family business thing is a powerful, there are a lot of family businesses in this country and, um, and in all over the world, I mean, all over the world, businesses have been passed from generation to generation. Um, and it's, uh, it's something that's, that's really exciting. And, and, um, I, I have never met a business owner that doesn't have a story. They just, a lot of them don't know how to tell the story. Right. That's that, that is right. Okay. So speaking of that, um, is there, uh, like a tipping point when it comes to size of a business that they are at a point where they need to hire a marketing person? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I, well, I mean, you know, look, I think everybody should hire an agency. So, <laughs> like, but, you know, um, I, I think that, again, going back to that amount of tools that are out there, um, you know, when I first got into business in journalism, you know, there were three TV stations. I think there was a fourth one coming on and there was radio and print advertising and billboards. And I think that was about it. And, you know, and now fast forward, there's, there's a new tool being invented, you know, hourly. So it's, um, you know, having an agency, whether you have them as a doing your marketing or maybe they're an advisor or at some level, just having somebody that stays current and all these things can't hurt. Um, you know, really on a, on a, any kind of industrial you're, you know, when you get to that $3 million, you're probably going to have, uh, somebody in house. Um, and you know, if you are the CEO of a three to $5 million company and you're, marketing manager comes to you and wants to hire an agency, don't poo-poo that right away because um, th- there's a lot going on and one person usually can't handle it. So that's one of the reasons that that companies come to an agency is that an agency has greater resources than just hiring one person internally. But it's cyclical, you know, that goes from everybody wants to have somebody in house and then everybody wants to hire an agency and it moves back and (laughs) forth. But, um, it's, you know, don't try to do it yourself. Um, and, and it's, you know, like I, I, I've had people call up and go, gee, we need to get a Facebook page. Uh, well, what do you do? Well, we make widgets in the aerospace industry. Okay. Why do you need a Facebook page? Uh, I don't know. Somebody said we should have one. Well, okay. You don't need one. I, you know, it's like, let me, let me just give you great ROI on calling an agency. You don't need one. Um, you know, unless, and, um, I will give you one, your listeners, one tool here. So we have a thing that we follow that, um, it's just a concept. It's pretty simple and it's, it's three components of messaging and communications. And you'll see where the, the storytelling falls in and there's just a three-step process. What is your message? Um, which is what, what is your story? Um, so, you know, craft that, put that together, understand who your audience is, who are you talking to? Um, many businesses don't do that step. So, you know, these people calling me up wanting a Facebook page, they didn't really quite get who their audience was. And then the next little sub heading under that is how do they get information? So the more niche a business is, um, you know, there are tools that talk to those audiences. Um, And then the third piece of that is what action do you want them to take? 
and the call to action is always left off. And it's so important because think about how many times you're driving down the highway and you see this billboard and you look at it for a second and you go, wow, that was really clever. And about a half an hour later, you go to tell somebody, oh, I saw this really cool billboard. And they're like, oh, what was it about? And I'm like, I don't know. But it was really yeah. cool. I, what was the company? I, I don't remember. But it, it was really cool. And, and that happens all the time where you see a commercial and you have no idea what they're selling. So yeah. that's a lot of money to spend on entertainment for, you know, in the entertainment tool. Um, so really, you know, do you want them to go to the website? Do you want them to go to the website and sign up for your newsletter? Do you want them to call an 800 number? Do you want them to go and do something else? You've got to do that in order. And that those three things work together with the story to, to tell your, you know, to get your message out there. Okay. So, um, one of the things that I think is interesting about this is, is that I think because there are so many more opportunities um, to market these days, I, I thought that was a great point that you made about how in the past there were three stations, maybe four, and, um, and billboards and, and print. Now it's so crazy that it sounds to me like maybe especially – or even for small businesses that that it doesn't matter how big or small they are they they should hire a, an agency they should hire a company that has the expertise that's keeping up on everything as it changes and new things are added and all of that so that they don't have to try and understand all of it because that's not where they should be spending their time and if they're doing that, they're still spending money because they're spending their time doing things that they shouldn't be doing. They're never really going to be able to learn everything about. They're better off finding an agency they trust and, and letting them do those things for them, however big or small they need or want that to be. So they're in the right place. Yeah, ab absolutely. And yeah. it's not a, it's not a one size fits all. Uh, you know, I know that there are books out there that, oh, you know, by the, if you fill out the things on during, on each page at the end, you get a marketing plan. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> and it's not a five-year plan. It's, you know, I, we do, yeah. we do 12 month plans that we look at every three months because things change and, right. um, you know, it's, uh, or, uh, you know, they might have a multiple channels, a business might have multiple channels and they have great penetration into one market, but there's another market that's just starting to develop that needs a little bit more attention and you, you have to kind of split resources a little bit. So, uh, it, it's really, uh, the, the game has changed quite a bit and it's fascinating. And, and me as an agency principal, I don't try to, I don't try to learn all of it because that's not my expertise. So we have, you know, a small team and everybody has their area of expertise and, you know, it's their responsibility to stay up so that our clients get the best of, of their knowledge as well. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, um, if there's a listener out there, they're a small business owner, they, um, are trying to figure out, uh, you know, like what, how to tell their story, what their next step is. You, you gave them some great um, ideas. And I, I guess I sort of want to repeat the thing about know who your audience is and what do you want them to do. I, I'd like you to talk some about audience because I think a lot of small business owners want to say that everyone needs what they have to sell. But A, that's not necessarily true. And B, that's not really going to help them hone their marketing message. Is that, am I thinking correctly? Yeah. And, and unless you're selling air, 
Um, yeah. <laughs> that's just not going to work or water, I guess. Um, but uh, you, you have to get out of that mindset that everybody needs us. Um, everybody might, but break it down further and identify uh, and, and maybe some businesses, the way to do that is break your sales down. So this is where the SWOT analysis comes in really handy because you start being analytical, you start tearing your numbers apart and uh, you know, and if you're a small business owner and whatever size business and you do not have an, a, a bookkeeper or an accountant that is on your team of, of trusted advisors, please get somebody because that's their area of expertise. Don't ask your accountant to do your, ad design and don't ask your ad people to do your business analysis. So yeah, you have to have your experts, but find out, let's say you've got five demographics in your sales and one demographic is going gangbusters. Tear that apart and understand it. You know, it's, it's great that you've got sales that are exceeding expectations in a channel, but understand why. And yeah, then look at right. your underperformer and try and understand why that's not working. So, right. you know, if you're, let's say you're selling retirement securities and, you know, your 57 to 64, your demographic, you know, you're, you're exceeding expectations. Okay. Well, that's where it's supposed to be. And, but let's say you're upset that your 28 to 35 demographic sales are really slow. So you're looking at it and you go, okay, how do I talk to them? Well, what we do is we put ads in the AARP magazine in my community and um, we hold um, little uh, seminars that um, me, the old guy, goes and presents at. Well, you're, you're answering your question as you say it out loud, right? I'm not right. engaging millennials because, you know, they can't relate to me. But what if I were to get a 29-year-old who has been working in a job for several years and could talk about why they at 29 decided it would be a good idea to have a retirement plan? Mm. And then you could do some Snapchat marketing or Instagram marketing with your new, you know, millennial voice, right? You, you know, as I'm saying it out loud, everybody's nodding their head going, of course, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But right. I, I'm just sitting here making that up as I go, but that yeah. piece gets missed. So, because nobody's going and analyzing the sales. So the, targeting isn't done huh. properly, which means the story isn't going to get to the right place. That is great. That, thank you so much for that. Now, you mentioned, I think some of the listeners are going, okay, hang on a second, because you mentioned <laughs> Snapchat marketing and Instagram, and I think probably 80% of the listeners just really cannot grab onto that, which is okay. It's just another reason why they need to go with, you know, experts who do get it. So, um, and I'm not the guy that they're going to talk to about yeah. those two topics. I, <laughs> I pretty much know as much as I just said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is fascinating. I have people ask me about, well, what do you think? I think I have no idea. I, you know, I barely even understand Snapchat, let alone, you know, any of the marketing about it. So, um, but, but, it, but, well, I, what I will say, because I think you make a really great point, is you have to understand your market. You have to understand where they receive information and where the best place is for you to be. And it's not that you have to understand how to do it. You just have to make sure that you have either people internally and or people externally who do understand it, who, who you know, can actually put that together and create it and so instead of spending a lot of time worrying about it or feeling like you you just can't do it, okay, you don't need to, but someone does. 
right? You, you just you got to make sure that that you've got people who get it around you. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody is going to get to their team a different way. There's there is no cookie cutter. Yeah. But um, you know, having outside help doesn't mean hundred thousand dollar contracts. Um, right. It's you know, be every kind of supplier, whether it's a, a an agency or an accounting firm, or you know, they're going to give you a scope of work. They're going to give you a document that says we're giving you a proposal, and it's about this list. And you need to, you know, as the business owner requesting that, have to be diligent to look at it and say, no, you know what, I have a great bookkeeper. So I don't need that piece of it. I just need that department and your department to communicate right. And okay, we can make that happen. It means being involved. And and I know that so many small business owners and, and medium, you know, in that SME space, um, you know, we get so caught up in the, the thing that makes our money, um, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the manufacturing or it's the, the delivery or wh- whatever it is. Um, but you have to back up and take time to manage the team. And that's a really, really important part of it because, you know, if you don't have if you're not managing your time and you're still, you know, doing that small business owner juggling act and dropping mm-hmm. balls, you're never going to go ahead because you're always going to be putting out fires. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And wow. CEOs have the same issue, you know, a CEO that has, you know, five vice presidents reporting directly, but let's say you have one vice president who's not managing their department well, then you wind up kind of leaning over and spending more time on that department. So you've, you've got to have a, a strong team. And when I talk to, to small and medium business owners, I, I, you know, I really put in their head, you have to act like the CEO, you know, you have department heads. Um, now you may fill three of those roles, but that means that you need to schedule, uh, you know, we always joke about, uh, you know, like I'm in charge of, uh, you know, loading the dishwasher. Well, then you need right. to schedule a 20 minute loading the dishwasher team meeting and go over anything about that. Because if it's not in the forefront of your brain, it won't get dealt with. And, you know, the next thing you know, you've got an issue that's come up that you're having to backpedal to deal with. So if you go in with the mindset of being the CEO and running your business that way, whatever the revenue, um, it'll help you stay organized and, and keep things calm. That's great. Thank you for that. And thank you for all this. This has really been valuable. I think it, it humanizes this whole concept of um, marketing, which it, it seems to be, a mystery to so many people um, and, and keeps it, you know, at the beginning of this conversation, I said um, that I think that when people embrace this idea of storytelling, it makes it easier for them to wrap their head around uh, marketing. And I think um, I still believe it. And, and I think you really helped with that because everything that you were talking about was the human side of, of all of this. And, pulling people in and having the conversation and getting to the, the why, why are we here? How did we get here? All of that. It is just really people, right? It's just, this is, this was our journey. This is our, or this is our journey. And you know, this is our path kind of thing, which is one of the most human things that, that we can share. It's not about all the big words and fanciness of it. Yeah, the, the entrepreneurial path is not about KPIs and and you know strategies and everything else. It is a part of the human journey, and it's about um, it, it, it's a lot of internal um, belief. Um, it's it's in yeah. believing that you can grow and succeed and create something, um, and um, 
and 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 believing in not only yourself but your ability to bring others together to collectively move something forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That is great. Will you please tell the listeners um how they can find you, you know, what what the website is, what what you do, all that stuff, please. Yeah, so uh www.120west.biz. That's B I Z. Um, and it's one, two, zero, the word West and I'm on LinkedIn and you can find me there. Um, uh, and, um, you know, we work with, uh, businesses of all sizes to help them tell their story. And, um, you know, PR is one piece of that. It's, uh, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's not about, uh, I, I think that a lot of people think, oh, press releases, it's the, you know, from the sixties of faxing or seventies faxing a press release. Like that's that, that day is gone. I mean, really what we do comes back down to those, those three bullets, which is, you know, what is the story? What's your message? Who's your audience and and what do you want them to do? And um, we repeat that over and over again when we're working with clients. So, um, and I, I love, you know, I'm a coffee drinker. So uh, even if it's just virtual coffee, um, uh, you know, um, I'm always happy to have a conversation and uh, help businesses uh, understand how to tell their story. That's so great. Thank you. And thanks for taking your time and, and your knowledge and sharing it with all the listeners. I, I truly appreciate it. Thank you, Diane. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and I'm so glad. And I always like to thank the listeners because that's why we're here, as well as our sponsor. Uh, remember, in order to get a free trial and a free audiobook from audible.com, you actually want to go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Uh, as always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.